Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and all things paranormal. I want to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your morning, afternoon, or evening to listen to this show. Uh, Tonight, we're going to switch up the format just a little bit. For those of you who've been listening, and I really appreciate you, whoever you are, um, I normally will take one topic and kind of elaborate on that. I've been getting tremendous feedback on the Jane Mansfield curse episode and the episode that I titled Itchy and the Haunted Dolls and even the last one on Gettysburg, which uh, was great because you just never know which topics are going to strike a chord with people. But this is episode number nine, so I'd invite all of you to scroll through the library and listen to one or all, which, you know, I would prefer you listen to all of them, all the episodes, and let me know what you think. Again, please give me your feedback. I am honored whether you love it or you hate it. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, Tonight, we are going to... Basically, this is a session of reading Gmail questions, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I've compiled it down to the six questions that I thought would make um, a very interesting show. Not that there are any bad questions. Please feel free to ask away. But uh, for time purposes, I've kind of condensed it down. Now, the first question is from Anna in New Mexico, which is awesome because I've always wanted to visit New Mexico. It's like a very mystical place. So thank you, Anna. Um, And she asks... What do you think of the Mothman case, and what do I think that it is? Which is such a great question, because the Mothman is a case I've always been fascinated by, and I actually want to do an entire episode on it, so I won't go into too much detail, but um, for those of you who are not aware, the Mothman case um, revolves around uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and there was some... I don't know if you call it quite paranormal, but unusual activity regarding this, what I will call a creature, but we really don't know what it is, and um, a bridge collapse, actually the largest bridge collapse disaster in U.S. history, and this thing was thought to have forewarned people of it, more or less a grim reaper of sorts. Now, what also makes this case interesting is that there is a military base or a series of bases that were around there at the time. I believe they are since abandoned, but it's just very interesting how I have noticed a correlation between military bases and nuclear facilities and UFO activity. Now, I don't know if they're using it as a power source, or I don't know if they show up as sort of a warning, like, hey, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, this is not stuff you should be messing around with because it could be really, really bad, (laughs) Uh, to to put it mildly. But in either case, my my firm belief is that the Mothman is an interdimensional being because it seemed to not only um, exude paranormal abilities and uh, just abilities that are unlike any paranormal case I've ever read, but it also seemed to have psychic ability. Psychic ability in terms of it predicted this disaster. So what could cause that? I believe a creature with 
and intelligence beyond anything of this world and really uh, surpassing the spirit world. So to me, what makes the most logical sense would be interdimensional. But hey, it's just my opinion and there's a lot more research to be done. And I'm sorry if I didn't explain that as eloquently as I wanted to, but that is my opinion in a nutshell. But we will get more in detail with that case in a little bit. That's down the road. Um, but, well, one fact about the Mothman case. See, now that I get on this topic, I am rolling on it. But this thing was known to have chased cars up to 100 miles an hour. Now, can you imagine this creature, which was about 7 feet and had about a 7.5 foot wingspan with glowing red eyes chasing your car? Uh, that'll uh, be your weekend for you. You'll have a couple stories to tell after that. So, very excited to dive into that later. But uh, let's get to question number two, which is from Steve in Jersey, or Joyzy, from people uh, on the East Coast. Uh, what location would you most like to investigate? And I love this question. I'd have to say, if I absolutely had to pick one, it would be the Ancient Ram Inn in England, which I believe is the oldest inn in the entire world. It has origins with cults and witches and satanic activity and everything you could imagine. <laughs> uh, the Ghost Adventures crew went there and had a terrible experience. It is, I believe you can stay there now. I believe a company has bought it from the former owner who was attacked almost nightly, and it is uh, somewhat of a bed and breakfast now. So I will make my way over there one day and do an investigation. <laughs> I am predicting it right now. This will happen. Um, but if I had to just throw in a couple other locations as a close top one, it would be the Stanley Hotel which was, of course, the inspiration for the Overlook Hotel in The Shining, because Stephen King had a very paranormal experience at this hotel. I would also love to go inside the Amityville house and do an overnight investigation. I've been to the Amityville house, and I've been as close as touching the front door and peering in the kitchen and looking in the backyard, but I would really love to go inside and spend a, an overnight. Um, and as a more creepy location to investigate or just explore without necessarily being paranormal, I want to make a point to go to the Watcher House, which is in New Jersey, not too far from here, actually. This is about maybe a 25-minute drive from where I am right now. And for those of you not familiar with the Watcher House, essentially this person, woman, crazed individual, leaves notes for the family of this one house that he, she, it <laughs> is watching them and knows details about the family and says they've been watching the house over, they've been looking over the house for centuries and kind of leaving um, creepy scripted notes for whoever lives there and um, nobody has been able to figure out who this person is. These notes just show up. 
it was so terrifying, in fact, that when a family sold the house to um, a couple who bought it, that the couple never ended up moving into the house because they were so creeped out by these notes. As a matter of fact, I think there was like a lawsuit about that whole case and the new families you know, sued the old family because they didn't tell them about these notes. But in any case, I am going to make my way to that house and I will report to you what happened. And we'll kind of dive into that at another time. Um, number three, can objects be haunted? I love this name, by the way, from Witch Babe in Connecticut. <laughs> Great name. Yes, uh, objects can be haunted. Well, I should say more definitively, they can be infested. I believe that entities or spirits can become attached to an object. So possessing them can irritate the spirit and cause activity in your home. So you have to be very careful what you bring into your home. I had a bad experience once with a ring that was allegedly um, owned by a, a, well, I don't want to say a cult, but um, more of a coven by a coven. And I put the ring on and my, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but pins and needles shot right up my arm and I was having a lot of trouble concentrating. And the best I could describe it, because I remember this very clearly, because I had to go to work the next day. And the entire day at work, I was almost like fighting to stay alert and in full control. I think that is the closest, and I hope it's the closest, I would ever come to being possessed. And I did not like that feeling at all. And my instance, incidence was very minor compared to what other people had been through. Naturally, I took the ring off and ended up, you know, I knew what to do to get rid of that bad energy, the bad juju. <laughs> but um, I still have that ring. It is sealed and it is stored away because I don't want anybody else touching that ring and having the experience that I did. But luckily, having a sister who's a psychic, she was able to tell me that, yes, there was a negative presence attached to the ring and as best she could describe it, she said, do you remember the, the devil's voice at the end of the movie, The Witch? It was that kind of voice and just laughter. And this ring was attached with his energy. I'm just saying his for sake of this uh, story. Um, and that whoever was wearing it, this thing, this, this demon wanted to possess. So I'm so glad I did not continue to wear that ring. So that is that. And we might go into that particular story at a later date too in more detail. So I apologize if some of this is very brief. Um, this one, who's this from? Oh, Nate in Valley Forge, which is awesome because that is not far from where I'm originally from in Pennsylvania. I am from Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. So Valley Forge is about 20 minutes from there. Um, any good haunts in PA, which is another great question. Um, yes, there, especially where you live, Valley Forge, there's so much paranormal activity around and inside of Valley Forge. But since you're asking me, I'm assuming you've been there before. So I'm going to give you a couple locations that you might enjoy. First and foremost, I'd say Eastern State Penitentiary. Uh, I went there 
years ago. And my mom and I both had experiences there where uh, when we got to the hospital wing, which was right uh, above death row, which is kind of ironic, um, this, whatever energy was there would not allow myself or my mom to take any photographs. We both had those disposable cameras with us, two separate ones, by the way. And when we pointed into the hospital wing, our cameras would jam. But the minute we turned away from the hospital wing, we could take pictures. It was very strange. And the guy who worked at Eastern State Penitentiary let me go up to cell block 12, which is the most haunted part. And now it was closed off to visitors at the time, but he said, you know what? I'll just let you go in there real quick. And I don't want to go into great detail about this, but I got freaked out because I did hear my name being called and it was a, a very low raspy voice. So it was very freaky. So I recommend Eastern State Penitentiary. We may do an entire episode on that. So again, like the other stuff, sorry for being so brief, but check out Eastern State. And I'm going to give you another one, Cossert Road. Now, Cossert Road is in Chadsford, Pennsylvania, and it's got a really eerie history. Um, for those of you who may be familiar with the DuPont family, which, um, what's his name? Steve Carell played the DuPont uh, gentleman in the movie The Foxcatcher, I believe that's what it was. Well, the DuPont family did not live far from where I grew up at all. At all. So... They had this other property, which they allegedly owned, where all the family members would get married. And this was on Cossert Road, which is uh, a very eerie location. Some of you, for some context, may be familiar with the area because M. Night Shyamalan filmed the movie The Village there. So these trees would grow away from the property. All these odd occurrences, unexplained activity occurs near this area from shadow creatures to vans showing up when people try to investigate at night and chase people off the road. Now, um, I have to say probably the creepiest element of Cossert Road is there is a tree there which they call the Devil's Tree. They call it that for a reason because it literally looks like a devil. There's an eye, there's a horn, and there's a large uh, opening at the base of this tree, uh, almost like a claw. Now, the rumor is there was a dead baby found on the base of this tree, so they filled the basin with cement. But the devil image is still there. And I can't say I had overwhelming paranormal experience around the area, but what I can tell you is when I got to that tree and I put my hand on the devil's tree, it felt like a bolt of electricity hit my palm and my hand was killing me for about an hour and a half. And I mean like pain, like a bad bruise. So I know there was some really negative energy attached to that tree. Now, it could also be that there are groups out there who are feeding this tree with ritual. I'm not sure, but it was an eerie experience nonetheless. So check that out. Um, question number five. Let me grab this. This is, this is from Cemetery Chick. No location. 
Um, do you believe aliens built the pyramids in Egypt? Uh, to be honest with you, I believe that there was some form of intervention from aliens with the pyramids in Egypt. Uh, the technology at the time and just the general labor that it would... I think my voice just cracked. <laughs> the general labor that it would take to have built those pyramids and just the precise directions they had. The, I mean, the technology was just so above the time period. And as many of you know, there are depictions on the walls of sky beings and them worshiping them. Uh, it definitely lends itself to some form of UFO alien activity that aided in some way. Um, some people link the ancient Egypt, uh, ancient um, Egyptian pyramids to the Anunnaki, who were sort of like these giant gods um, that came down to mate with humans. Now, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I was not there. If I was, I would say I look pretty good for my age if I was there. But I do believe there is a link, as I also believe there is an alien link with a location that I am absolutely fascinated with, which is the Devil's Tower in Wyoming. I, I hope it's Wyoming. I think I'm right in the state. But check out the Devil's Tower. Uh, really incredible structure. It just looks perfect for some kind of a landing for a craft. And strangely enough, when I asked Gracie what she thought of the Devil's Tower, the first word that came to her head was alien. So just let that kind of fester in your brain. Um, and also, as a side note, you may remember a movie called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Well, the Devil's Tower was actually where the main character was uh, guided to in the film. So there does seem to be a history of some strange activity around the Devil's Tower. And it was actually the Native Americans who called it, like, the bad place. Like, it was a place that they both respected and feared. So that's where it really got its name. Um, and just because I'm going on 18 minutes now, I'm going to get to my last question, which is from Victoria in L.A., which is so awesome. Thank you so much. Um, do you own anything haunted? <laughs> Um, yes. Yes, I do. I keep a piece of almost every location I go to. So I have a piece of the Hinsdale House. I have a piece of Eastern State Penitentiary. Now, it's important that you all know that I don't deface these properties. These are pieces that have already been discarded. So I don't go and rip up homes because that would not be cool. And it would not be smart because that can also stir up activity for the homeowner. And I wouldn't do that. But yes, I do own haunted objects, um, one of which is next to me right now. I bought uh, a doll, which is very Victorian looking, and um, has a history of paranormal energy um, attached to it. I have since called her Emily because of, well, that name has a couple meanings. Um, not only did it fit with the doll, but it's also a name that came up on a ghost box session that I did, and, which is really spooky, Gracie predicted 
that there was a girl named Emily that lived in this building years and years and years ago. And this was before uh, the ghost box session that I did. So that name seems to be coming up. And we've had a few noises here and there and a few things happen in the apartment. But that's something I'm going to go in in greater detail in another episode. Because this is now 20 minutes and I didn't want it to go this long. I hope, it is my sincere hope that I entertained you or interested you but either way again thank you so much for listening we have so many creepy topics we're going to be exploring in future episodes and uh i just i want to thank you for taking time out of your day i really do uh it seems like i'm spending a lot of time thanking but that's because you're awesome and you deserve thanks so we will be exploring a lot more to come I have some great creepy stuff to talk about in uh, the upcoming weeks. And I have a very special guest coming up soon. My very first guest on the podcast. And I'll tell you about that later. But for now, this is Brian Hobson signing off for Footsteps in the Attic. Footsteps in the Attic.